Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the pilot episode of the First Spring podcast, Stories from the Sira. We begin with Imam al-Haddad's Dua of Intention. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Nawaitu ta'allama wa ta'lim wa tadhkira wa tadhkir wa nafa wa intifa wa lifada wa istifada wa alhatha ala tamassuka bi kitabillahi bi sunnati rasulihi sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa du'a ala al-huda wa dalala ala al-khair ibtigha wa chillah wa murdatihi wa qurbihi wa thawabihi subhanahu wa ta'ala Ameen My name is Banu Murtaza and I can't wait to start on this journey with you through the life and times of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sahbihi wa sallam We're going to be doing a few things on this journey In each episode I'm going to be telling you a little bit about the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sahbihi wa sallam and at the end of the story, we'll talk a little bit about the different things that we've learnt or maybe things that I've mentioned that you might not have known before or even things that I needed to explain. The first journey that we're going to take in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ happens not when he's born, but just before the year of his birth, the one that the Arabs would call the year of the elephant. Many years before the Prophet ﷺ is born, the Abyssinian emperor, the Negus, decided to invade Yemen. He sent his soldiers across the sea and they landed in Yemen and invaded the entire country. The Abyssinian emperor put in place a governor, somebody who was going to rule Yemen on his behalf. But there was a general in the army of the emperor. This general was called Abraha, and he wanted to be the governor. Driven by his desire for power, Abraha killed the governor. When the Negus found out that Abraha had killed his governor, the Negus was furious. The Negus wrote to Abraha, Come back to Abyssinia. How dare you kill the man that I placed in charge? You will be punished. Abraha didn't want to be punished, so Abraha wrote back to the emperor, The only reason I did what I did is because he wasn't loyal to you. I'm loyal to you. I'm going to build a church for you, the likes of which no one has ever seen before. This church is going to be so beautiful, so magnificent, that the Arabs, instead of going to visit the Kaaba, they are going to start coming here. They will bring to you O oh, Emperor, all of the gifts that they would bring to their idols before, and maybe they will even become Christian. Now the Negus got this letter and thought, okay, I'll give you some time. Let's see what happens. Many years went by. Word began to spread across Arabia. Have you seen the cathedral that the Abyssinians have built in Yemen? Have you seen it? They say that it will replace the Gaba. They say that people will begin to go there instead of going to the Kaaba. One man from the tribe of Khuzai who loved the Kaaba, he decided to go and teach the Abyssinians a lesson. He traveled all the way to Yemen. And when he got there, he announced to the city, I am here to see your cathedral. The Abyssinians were overjoyed. We've waited so long for somebody to come and visit. Welcome, welcome, O oh first visitor. That night, when he was left alone in the cathedral, 
the man who wanted to teach the Abyssinians a lesson, did something that you should never do in a place of worship. He pooped right in the middle of it. And then he began to destroy the cathedral. He began to pull things off the walls. He began to wreck the furniture. He began to damage the cathedral until the entire cathedral was a mess. And then he climbed out of the window and ran as fast as he could, getting away as far as he could. And he didn't stop running, except for when he was tired, until he got home. The next morning, as Abraha got to the cathedral with an entire procession of people dressed in their finest clothes, ready to welcome their first visitor, knowing that if they made their first visitor happy, many others would visit also. They opened the door of the cathedral. But what's that smell? Things, that's not the way it's supposed to smell. When the lamps were lit and the destruction of the room was seen, Abraha became so angry. What did he do? He destroyed the cathedral. Abraha wrote a letter in his rage to the emperor. Send the army of elephants. We march upon the Gaba. We will destroy the place that the Arabs hold in such high honor. We will destroy the place that they come to worship their idols. They will learn never again to take on the might of the Abyssinian Empire. The army was headed up by an elephant named Mahmoud. The Arabs had never seen an animal the likes of an elephant, whose head was like the size of a man rolled up into a ball, whose body was fatter than the fattest camel they had ever seen. Each leg was the size of a tree trunk, and where its nose was supposed to be was this thing that looked like a snake. Each ear was so thin, but each ear was the size of its head, and its tail was tiny. When an Arab would describe what he had seen of the elephant to another, the other would think, no, that's just a monster. That can't be real. But the army of elephants was real. And the army set off to march toward the Gaba. And every single tribe that they came across, the army defeated. The tribes that tried to fight were defeated. The tribes that tried to run were defeated. The tribes that tried to hide were defeated. And stories of this army, the army that nobody had been able to stop, began to spread throughout Arabia. The Quraysh began to wonder, what will we do? This army, when it comes to us, this army that has gone undefeated, we must defend the Kaaba. We are the guardians of the Kaaba. But if we try to defend the Kaaba, this army will destroy us. And if we don't defend the Kaaba, how will we be known as its defenders? The army of Abraha took everything that it found in its path. It didn't matter who it belonged to. The army finally arrived at the place that we call Minna and set up camp. 
The Quraysh were still debating, what are we going to do? Shall we fight? Shall we not? What shall happen? While the army was making its way to Mecca, they had come across a shepherd who was shepherding a hundred camels. And the army took the camels for itself. The shepherd returned back to Mecca and went to see the owner of the camels, Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib ibn Hashim, the grandfather of the Prophet wasallam. I'm so sorry, Sayyidi. I'm so sorry. The camels, they all got taken. I could do nothing. The army of Abraha, they took them. Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib understood that his shepherd had been helpless. He got up and dressed in fine clothing and went to the camp of Abraha. The Quraysh began to look. Where's Abdul Muttalib going? I don't know. It looks like he's going to meet Abraha. Maybe he's going to go speak to him. Maybe he's going to solve the problems. Do we know what he's going to say? I don't know, but he's gone. Okay, let's wait to see what happens when he comes back. Abraha was sat upon his throne. And as said, Abdul Muttalib walked in. Abraha was amazed at the sight of this man whose beauty was breathtaking. This man who had once carried the Prophet ﷺ inside of him. This man who walked with such dignity and honor. And Abraha thought to himself, I cannot sit upon my throne above a man like this. But I cannot have a man like this come and sit upon my throne next to me. So Abraha got up from his throne and stepped down sitting on the cushions on the floor in front of his throne and inviting Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib to sit down beside him. When Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib sat down, Abraha began to speak to him. What may I do for you? How may I help? Expecting that Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib would begin to plead and beg for the safety of the Kaaba. But Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib wasn't concerned about the Kaaba. Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib said to Abraha, you have my camels and I've come to ask you to return them. Your camels? Your camels? You talk to me about camels? Have you seen the army that I bring? Do you not know that I come here ready to destroy your Kaaba and you talk to me about camels? Abraha was so insulted He thought that Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib was making fun of him. That Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib was making fun of his powerful, frightening army. Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib said, oh, the Gaaba. No, the Gaaba has its Lord. And the Lord of the Gaaba will look after the Gaaba. I am the Lord of the camels and they are my responsibility. And so I am here to ask you for my camels back. Abraha did not want to hear any more. He was already angry. Give the man his camels. Get out, go, leave, and take your camels with you. Abraha stormed out of his tent and began to announce to the soldiers, get ready, mount up, get the elephants up. We march. No more waiting. We destroy the Kaaba. Now, now the army of elephants 
upon realizing that they were close to the Gaaba, had kneeled out of respect and honor of the Gaaba. As those who had trained the elephants began to speak to them, trying to get them to stand, the elephants simply refused. They spoke to them nicely, trying to get them to stand with love, but the elephants refused. They spoke to them with anger, demanding that they get up, but the elephants didn't budge. They even hurt the elephants, stabbing them with their spears, hitting them, but the elephants did not budge. Until one of them suggested, how about we tell them to turn? Now, the command was given to the elephants, turn around, and immediately the elephants stood up and turned with their backs to the Gaba. But when the elephant trainers tried to turn them back towards the Gaba, once again, they sat back down. Back in Mecca, the Quraysh waited impatiently for Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib to return. What had happened? What had he said to Abraha? As Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib got back into Mecca, they began to ask, what did you say? What has he happened? What's he agreed? Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib told them to climb the mountains. Something is about to happen. The mountains. Climb the mountains. The Quraysh began to run door to door, getting their family and their friends. Come on, we've got to go. Where are we going? We're going to the mountains. Why? We don't know. Abdul Muttalib just came back from the camp of the Abyssinian army. He said to climb the mountains. Come on, we've got to go. We have no time. He said something's about to happen. And the Quraysh began to climb the mountains, worried that any minute now, the army of Abraha would descend down upon them. Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib went straight to the Kaaba and he raised his hands in dua to Allah. O oh Allah, verily a man protects his ride, so protect your possessions. Do not allow their cross to be victorious or their plot to overcome your plot in the morrow. From their position on the mountains, the Quraysh could see down into the camp of Abraha and they could see that the soldiers had mounted up. But for some reason, the army wasn't moving. Nobody had started to march. Back in his camp, Abraha was getting restless. What's the delay? Why aren't we moving? What is happening to the elephants? The soldiers are ready to ride. Why are the elephants not up? But the elephant trainers couldn't explain it. They didn't know why the elephants weren't getting up. They were doing everything. And the elephants were obeying all of the commands other than those which meant that they were going to march upon the Gaaba. The Quraysh in the mountains couldn't stop staring until slowly something else began to take their attention. Hey, hey, look, look over there. Look on that side. Do you see that black dot? It looks like it's getting big. It is, it is getting bigger. It's getting bigger. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's so huge. Like it's, it's, what is it? It's filling the horizon. Oh my God. Have you heard that sound? Oh my God. It's coming right for us. It's, it's right. It's above us. Oh, the Quraysh should put their hands over their heads, expecting any minute now to be hit by the black cloud that was so thunderous, only to have it fly right past them. A black cloud that filled everywhere they saw of tiny little black birds called the Ababil. 
each bird carrying three stones, one in each of its claws and one in its beak, the stones no bigger than the size of a chickpea. As the cloud of Ababil flew straight past the Quraysh, the Quraysh looked in wonder as the cloud flew over the army of Abraham and tiny little pebbles were released. And everywhere these pebbles hit, every person these pebbles hit, every animal these pebbles hit, turned to dust just where they were stood. The story of the elephant spread throughout Arabia. Everybody came to understand that the Gaba is a place that shouldn't be messed with. And the Quraysh began to look at Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib with new eyes. The man who had made dua to Allah and in answer of whose dua, Allah had sent an army of birds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us the story of the elephants in Surah Al-Fil and each and every single one of us is invited to reflect on this amazing story that happens the year of the Prophet birth. There are a few things that I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about. You'll have noticed the description of Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib the one who was so beautiful and dignified, the one who was honoured so much that when Abraha saw him, he stood up from the throne that he had killed somebody just so he could sit upon it. When you looked at the forefathers and the foremothers of the Prophet ﷺ, you saw that each one was more beautiful than the next. Each one had better character than the next. And even though the forefathers and the foremothers of the Prophet ﷺ were amongst those who hadn't been sent a prophet since Sayyidina Ismail ﷺ, they were from the Quraysh and they lived amongst those who worshipped idols. The forefathers and the foremothers of the Prophet ﷺ never worshipped anybody but Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that the Prophet ﷺ resided in those who sojourned, those who fell prostrate, those who made sujood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not speak in the Quran about those who make sujood to idols. Every one of the forefathers and foremothers of the Prophet ﷺ were those who believed only in Allah. Now you'll also notice that the Quraysh also believed in Allah. They thought, how amazing was the dua of Sayyidina Abdul Muttalib when he made dua to Allah. You see, the Quraysh, they hadn't forgotten about Allah. When Sayyidina Ibrahim السلام, and Sayyidina Ismail السلام, had brought the message of Allah to the Arabs, they hadn't forgotten. But what they had forgotten was that there was only one God. And so instead of worshipping just Allah as he subhanahu wa ta'ala deserves, they did something which nobody should do. 
they created idols and started to worship them alongside Allah. And finally, I want to mention a little bit about this beautiful Abyssinian Empire. Now, after the Negus that had invaded Yemen, another Negus took the throne. And this Negus was a man called Asmaha. May Allah be pleased with him. He was a man who had become Muslim at the hands of the Prophet ﷺ. A man who the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, described as a just king. A man who the Prophet ﷺ called our brother. And we will see as we go along our journey in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ that Islam began to spread in Abyssinia even as it was spreading in Arabia. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, for listening and for enjoying the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. And remember that although we call them stories, this is our history. This is our knowledge of the Prophet ﷺ. And when we know him, ﷺ, we will love him. And when we love him, inshallah, we will all be with the one we love. I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to tell me how you would describe an elephant if you had never seen one. Tell me what you thought about the army as it marched. Tell me about you thought, what you thought about those little birds. How would you describe a tiny little ababil. And when you read Surat Al-Fil, how does it make you feel? And for those of you who love to recite the beautiful words of the Qur'an, I would love to receive your recitations of Surah Fil. You can send them to me at my email, bano.murtaza at gmail.com. Just take a look in the description of the podcast. And if you like what you heard today, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Until the next podcast, I leave you in God's care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This episode is dedicated to Sayyid Allah Raki Bukhari. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala illuminate his soul and raise him and increase him and grant him the highest place in paradise. The nasheed that you heard is written and performed by Nader Khan and the Blacksmiths from their upcoming release titled Moonrise. You can listen to more of their amazing tracks at www.naderkhan.com. Produced by Studio YD.